Thanks for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organisations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges, joined by relevant experts and real-life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. This week's is a solo episode because I recently did a webinar on the topic of what's changed, what do we need to do differently now we're moving into this established hybrid management world? What needs to change about people and performance management? And I was reflecting really on the fact that we've been through the pre-pandemic approach, we've then had a pandemic approach or those businesses that have done it well have had a pandemic approach and now we need maybe a hybrid approach, in fact, in terms of how we manage our people. So the sort of things I'm intending just to touch on in this episode is what does good people performance management look like in this new hybrid world? What systems and processes can we use or do we need to use to set us up for success? To think about how we can motivate our managers to engage and create that sense of belonging in this new approach, in this new world setting? And how can we fundamentally get that balance between performance and people focus? So if you were to think about the challenges that you've had in a hybrid workplace, over the last two years, I've done numerous podcasts and episodes on performance management. And certainly the focus of the challenges I've heard people talk about have changed And I think they've changed again. So the sort of challenges that people were saying when I ran this recently, they were saying it's still challenging because people feel that if they can't see people, they don't know that they're performing. I mean, when you think about it, it's ludicrous. If you can't physically, seeing somebody in an office doesn't mean that they are performing. Uh, But there are still, there's still that mindset that out of sight means people are not working. But equally, one of the reasons that people have this problem is because they don't know how still to establish clear goals, outputs and manage people against those. Why is that? That's because many managers lack the skill to agree those kind of output based objectives or they lack the confidence to manage people effectively against them or maybe even the inclination. I do think one of the biggest risks that's evolving now we've been two years into a pandemic is that people have been away from those they work with for practically two years. And so there's an increasing level of disengagement or lack of ownership. That lack of connection or belonging will be part of why there's higher risk in terms of people choosing to leave organisations or maybe even performance starts to slip because people's motivation, their ability to self-motivate has maybe started to decline or their manager's ability to support and motivate them and run team events. You know, you're not having the same kind of socials, etc. going on. So generally, 
that slight disengagement is tipping away and people are stopping taking ownership. They're stop- that loyalty is possibly declining to the organisation. Another reason why that might be happening is that people are just simply exhausted. So there's lot high levels of fatigue, almost boredom. You know, it's like every day being very similar. You're walking out, if you're still working at home in your home office, you're not getting that variety that we might have had previously. Not everybody is able to manage their own well-being because it takes quite a lot of self-discipline to have the balance that you might need to manage your well-being in that environment. And some people will be feeling really isolated, yet they don't know how to overcome that isolation because they've become almost agoraphobic and don't want to step out of that isolation. So it becomes quite chicken and egg. How do we break it? And then the other issue, I think, is that the consistency and frequency of conversations has probably dropped off quite a lot. So when I think back to the first three months of the pandemic, people were talking weekly, daily, more than monthly. So pre-pandemic, if you said, oh, how often do people have a one-to-one? It would probably be monthly at the most. Then during the pandemic, that was becoming weekly, even you know, every a few days. And then as time has gone on, it's sliding back again. But the difference is there's no uh, you know, in-between contact that's happening in between the one-to-ones. So effectively, that you know, continuation of the drip-drip relationship, the chat around over coffee, the how are you doing in the morning, that's not happening necessarily. So that, that's, if you think of Covey's emotional bank account, those deposits in the emotional bank account, the relationship building between people, between manager and individual, those are not happening um, in a remote setting potentially. Sometimes, in fact, it doesn't have to be all scheduled calls. If you've got banter or chat going on, uh, Skype or whatever your chat tool might be, then you can be having that still in a virtual way that people use it. But certainly, if you think back to the frequency with which you were talking to your manager or your people, you know, the early stages of the pandemic, I'd be surprised if you didn't, if you said they were still at the same level. So I think those are some of the challenges that we've now evolved to. So new cultural norms have been established in terms of remote or hybrid working. And that could lead to problems and it means we need to change things. So one thing to be really clear about, when I'm talking about people and performance management, I'm not talking about appraisal. Well, appraisal could be part of it or it might not be if you don't have that, it doesn't matter. But what I'm talking about is managing people and managing performance in an ongoing fluid way, which is in the interests of the individual, the manager and the organisation. And we have to really think about how to best achieve that. Now, pre-pandemic, in most cultures, if you were to think of how people were managed or what the focus was, I would hazard a guess that you would agree that in many ways it was very task, maybe financially driven, maybe about clarity, achievement of goals. It might be about inspiring people, challenging people. Uh, It was all about setting the direction, running after it, and about delivering against task fundamentally. So it's very task focused. Then more of us, not everybody, but more of us during the pandemic realised that there were very real people issues, uh, that people had to have empathy. All of a sudden we were seeing in people's homes. So you knew that they had a fluffy cat or, uh, or you know, a, a small child that would come and run in or they had their favourite football team on the wall. Things You knew things about people that you didn't work directly with that you wouldn't previously have known. So it was much more people oriented. We also had to get to know people's personal priorities, 
um, how to manage their well-being. All of these sort of things were more important to make sure that people remain psychologically okay. It was really key that we had that people focus and that had to precede the goals. Now, it won't have happened in every case, don't get me wrong, I realise that, but I'm my kind of position is I think that pre-pandemic it was fine to be pure task. You kind of got away with it because the people st- stuff took care of itself. And during the pandemic, you had to be people focused in order to just survive, right? You had to survive. But now as we come out of it, my belief is that we need to be both people and task focused. And of course, if you're thinking, well, we should have done that anyway, I completely agree. We do need to be both task and people focused and actually great managers are able to balance both. But then let's be realistic. Are we a nation or nations of great managers? You know, not every manager is a great people manager. Many, many people are in management jobs who were promoted because they were the great technical expert and they've never had any training and they've never had any role modelling. So they are going to manage based on the experience they've had from their manager and their personal preferences. So that might mean might mean they're amazing, but it's unlikely. So it might mean they just keep themselves themselves and just check on the numbers now and then. Or it might mean they're very nurturing, but they don't give any clarity and they don't pick up on poor performance. So you need to have both. We need to be able to give people clarity of what's expected, give them the feedback and support and motivation to deliver against it and development. We need to be able to give them feedback if they're going off track and we need to spot performance issues and turn them around promptly with empathy. We can't just let things drift because actually in a remote world that becomes really, really out of control. So how can we do that? Because the main question is, do we have the processes and the managers or the manager's skill to achieve this? So if you're trying to think in terms of embedding good quality performance management from a task point of view, do you have a sensible process that will drive it? And in terms of your people managers, do they have the training, motivation, uh, vision, understanding of what a people management role is to do that? So if you want to think, how might you embed this? What systems and behaviours, if you're in an OD role, an HR role, learning development role, you're thinking, right, how can I you know, improve our culture going forward and make it more task and people and get that balance in place? Well, think about that. So in terms of task, then it's about making sure that people are setting clear goals and targets with with milestones. The reality is goals are not 12 months long. Something needs to be broken down. If you were going on a diet and you wanted to lose a stone, you wouldn't just get get on the scales today and then not get on again for six months and expect the stone to have dropped off, would you? You would get on on a regular basis to get that feedback. Why do we do it with people? We give, you know, we, we, every, if you think of any process, financial process, you check the budget on a regular basis. But for some reason, we agree objectives with people. If we're lucky, they may or may not be smart and just leave them without giving them any feedback or support in too many instances to drive forwards. So we need to give people clarity for them to be able to perform. And if you're in an, in an HR lead, you can influence that. If people are not doing that, then show them how. Make sure that the leadership are uh, cascading clear goals from the top so people know what they need to align with. Make sure that if people's roles have changed, that the role clarity is re-established about what is part of the day job and what's part of the objectives or stretch. 
have you got the right people with the right skills in the right place? Do they have the accountability? And to be honest, if they haven't got clear goals, how can they have accountability? And think about whether there needs to be aligned reward or consequence for people achieving task. Now, none of that's rocket science. It's what should be happening anyway. But you know what? I still talk to people regularly who say that people don't set clear objectives. They manage don't really know how to write objectives. It's astounding that businesses can actually do well. And without that, if you think about it, how much better could we all do if we did have those? But then the other side of it is it's not can't just be task because we're now in a situation where, as we've heard from Mervyn recently, you know, the great resignation, people are voting with their feet. People are more detached from the organisation, so it will take less for them to decide they'll go somewhere else. So we are really reliant on our managers to provide the glue, to create the loyalty, the engagement, to keep people wanting to work for the business. Now, again, pre-pandemic engagement is directly related to how line managers manage, but it's even more important right now. And how do they do that? Well, are they giving regular recognition and feedback in a supportive way, really catching people doing things well? Do they coach people so they feel like they're growing? Do they give them support and empathy when they're struggling? Do they have a meaningful, personalised relationship with their people where they adapt their style to the people that work for them rather than expect them to adapt to that, rather than expect your um, team member to adapt to you as a manager? Does the manager adapt to the team manager? It's about you know, still giving people permission to be flexible. You know, so allow some flexible working so people have got it established and you don't want to take it away. Yet, not going so far that people start to take the mick because that happens too. You know, when people are disengaged, a bit demotivated, then they might start swinging the lead and doing less than they should do. So the manager's got to, it's almost this balance. It's going to and fro, but without being inconsistent. My hands are moving like a pendulum at the moment, but I'm thinking actually, but it's not about seeming like you're flipping like a pendulum. It is about making sure that the managers are able to be clear, calm, give that guidance in a supportive way, in a nurturing way. But when it's when they need to be tough, they need to be tough. But it's all about setting things up, being clear and giving that recognition in the first place. So we need to have that task and goal focus and the people focus and they need to go hand in hand. And there's a huge dependency on our managers to be able to do this. Now, when I did a recent webinar on this and I asked people how well they thought their businesses were, 75% of those on that webinar felt their business was predominantly task focused. And that's interesting when we're just coming out of a pandemic. Um, and in terms of when they rated their culture out of 10 as to how good they were at each of them, most gave um, five or six out of 10 for both. So everyone on that particular webinar felt that their particular cultural organisation could do some more uh, in these areas. So if you do think you need to do more in people or task, what sort of things could you do? Well, if you want to think about the processes, then I would say definitely think about embedding a performance management calendar. Many of you will have seen I have an image, um, an actus image, which is like a clock face image, which basically divides the performance management year out into four. And actually, I've done a whole podcast on that topic before that we can look back on, on performance management. But the, the basic principle of that is give give the organisation clarity. So it's not just individual clarity as a an HR lead 
give your organisation clarity about what good looks like in terms of a performance management timetable. So it might be in January, everybody has to have set four smart objectives by the end of January and they need to be smart. But then let's put the people focus on that by the end of quarter one, end of March, everybody's had a conversation about development needs and some support in terms of that. It might be then at quarter um, two, so halfway through the year, there is a review of objectives, but also let's maybe think about behaviours. You could introduce things like competency evaluation or 360 feedback here. And then towards the back end of the year, let's think about retention. So career aspirations, career conversations. And in between all of these, we need to make sure that people are talking monthly, regularly having those conversations in between about the day-to-day aspects. So having something where you are defining up front and then ensuring that people comply with it. And I appreciate that compliance is a starting point, right? If you can get people to be doing these conversations in the first place, that is a start. But then you need to reinforce the quality of those. So ideally, it's quality and frequency in a consistent way to start with. But start by giving people clarity about what's expected from people managers and then layer on the people stuff. Now, you know what? To get that kind of performance management in, it really requires leadership commitment. So you need support from the top and you need to clearly, carefully steer it. In fact, relentlessly steer it. Don't let people get away with not doing it. Then you get that sort of sense of culture change. It also requires your managers to be courageous, focused and committed to delivering. You need to ensure that they um, know what's expected of them and there are consequences if they don't do that. But you also give them the skills and confidence. So if they don't feel, they, if they don't know how to write smart objectives, show them how to. If they don't know how to um, pick up a performance issue, nip something in the bud, if they've never been trained in it, give them the training. You know, it's hardly surprising. So really just focus on those basics. We need to have those basics being done to a high quality. And it isn't rocket science, but it's very much about leading by example, telling people what's expected and then reinforcing those behaviours if they're doing them, calling them out if they're not. But we need to do all of this with our people focus. So the question here is then, do your managers have the inclination and skill to adapt their style, to meet the needs of the individual. So if I'm somebody who's really only motivated by task, I'm really not bothered. I Maybe I, as I say, I was an individual contributor and I've taken on a team of people and I'd much rather just be doing my own job. I just don't want the management hassle. There is something there which I've always felt is quite a key one is maybe have a management amnesty. So you don't get people who are in people roles who completely lack the people gene. So ideally you get people who at least... Um, yeah, managers who at least slightly like people into the jobs and find other things uh, for others to do. Uh, but then it's really about making sure that if they've got the inclination, they've also got the skill. So are they giving that regular recognition? Have they got the tools to recognise? Do they have the tools to develop people? Do they have the skills to coach and nurture? Because what you want them to do, they are key to engendering loyalty and a sense of belonging in your organisation, which is absolutely vital. But that just doesn't happen that easily. So you need to have people who actually value the people aspect of the role. What makes someone value the people aspect of the role? Well, it's somebody who is predominantly people motivated in the first place. And it also requires the organisation to place value and to emphasise the value of the time spent on people management. If your boss's boss is always pulling you off to sell the next... X, Y, Z, or 
to pulling you off development or training or pulling you out of a one-to-one in order to do something which is delivered, delivering the number, then that basically devalues the people management piece, which is indirectly affecting the number. Actually, people management is affecting a number of people to do the job, isn't it, rather than one. So it's quite short-sighted when we pull people off things. So it really means that the organisation needs to prioritise and recognise the time spent on people management. 15 years ago, I think it was, or however long ago it was when I worked uh, in a large blue chip, we actually put in place a management charter and also set everybody who was a people manager an objective to deliver the activities around a people management charter. And what that did was it gave management people getting results through others the it put it on a bit of a pedestal. It just gave it the step up rather than it being a second order task, secondary to anything else to do with delivering the number or delivering process. It put it up as an equal priority. And that's what we need to do. We need to get people to see that that is an equal priority. You'd say the same about learning actually for lots of people, giving people the time to do that. Okay, so those were my thoughts really in terms of this. I've talked about the people and performance management clock um, face that you can look at and I have got some slides I'll put a link in the show notes to this webinar that I run if you want to see some visuals attached to this but fundamentally I'm saying that I think we need to find a way now more than ever before to bring together task and people focus to make sure that the managers are supported and our culture actually supports both and practical things that you could do to try and achieve that I'd say get commitment from the top, help them realise the importance of it. Many, many senior teams have the blinkers on about the importance of people management and may just look after numbers. So, you know, maybe look at a balanced scorecard or something where you get much more of a, a balanced approach. Do, if you haven't already, be brave, define, gain agreement to and relentlessly embed a clear people and performance management process. And to be honest, it's got to have more than two touch points in it, definitely more than one. So incorporate check-ins, one-to-ones in it. It needs to be talking to people regularly and consistently. That's the key. We can't just have people doing, you know, being left in isolation and, and no one having the conversation. I think it's a very important time to train our managers give them self-awareness, give people the opportunity to have maybe feedback, 360 feedback. I'm going to do topics on that soon. That's really valuable where you can have one-to-one development and individuals will get feedback from others as to how they are perceived in relation to their role. And particularly when we're working virtually, very useful to get that sense of how we're coming over in this environment. And think about how you could make sure that in your culture, people management activities and time spent on them is seen as a priority. So those are my thoughts. Uh, really interested. Do, do if any of you as you're listening, I know I say on the links, you know, join the LinkedIn group. Let me know what you think. Does this make sense to you? Is it what you're doing anyway? Uh, lots of stuff. Common sense isn't all that common, let's face it. So I'm not saying this is anything brand new, but it just really struck me. And actually this struck me because of some challenges I've had in my own business uh, where, you know, I've had someone who perhaps had been a performer for a long time who's kind of gone off the boil. Uh, why is that? You know, have they just not been managed appropriately? Has their manager taken their eye off the ball or is it fatigue or exhaustion or is it they've just kind of grown out of it and they're not being, they haven't got clarity and no one's nipped that behaviour in the bud. We haven't had that clear conversation. Then equally, I've got other people who've got, uh, you know, issues where you know, family members might have anxiety or anything like that, where you can see that 
we need to, one size does not fit all for that. What we want to do is adapt our style in a fair and consistent manner to ensure that we're supporting people when they need clarity and task focus and you know a little bit of a, a nudge to get back on track. We need to support those people to perform. And we also need to support those ones who are uh, you know, just struggling a little bit more uh, in different ways. So it's those different skills. More than ever, people managers need to be chameleons. So I hope you found that um, a little bit thought provoking, maybe triggered a few thoughts as to what you can do in your organisation. Uh, just a couple of notes for you. We have, by the time this goes out, I think probably one of the courses will be full, the change management course will be full, but there's another one running in the summer. But I still have places on our hybrid manager training course. It's also available to be run internally. And our um, new course, which is Impact and Influence, aimed at people who are just starting into a role. So that's available to people. And the other thing, very exciting, in February, we've just launched our brand new 360 Go product. So the the whole sense of wanting to get feedback is greater at the moment. We're not seeing people all the time. So how can we give people that objective feedback and development? And 360, as long as it's managed really well, is a really strong tool for that. Now, we know that lots of people don't have systems or maybe don't even know how to do it. They don't have the questionnaires. So our 360 Now tool is basically off the shelf 360. It's affordable. It's ready to go. Just get up and running. We've got six ready to go templates. Uh, really simple uh, manual, just like how to get up and running. So it's just off the shelf, 360. If you want training and guidance, that's always available anyway. And uh, you can actually use that to bring people on in your organisation, maybe to bring more of that people focus, uh, the people and performance focus. So if you want to know more about either of those, again, I'll put links in the show notes to 360 now because that's new. It's hruprising.com. And uh, do go there or to the Actus Actus website to find anything else. Thank you for listening. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.